So today's lesson is, is uh, inspired by my wife because she's had two different instances this week that has pushed something on her. And uh, the good news is, and I probably wouldn't have recognized it right off the bat one of them, but anyway, she got something on her whatever account it is that she has, but two clouds come together and and uh, talk about love or something. I forget what she told me. And then, then this rainbow comes over and says pride. And that's all it is. And then she was listening to the radio and came on and this radio channel was advertising, you know, where there's a whole event, I mean a whole radio station just allotted for uh, homosexuality and and those relationships. If you don't know, I think, I believe, I should have looked it up before I came here, but it doesn't matter, I, I'm preaching on this because I think we've got to be reminded what the Bible talks about. This month is is gay pride, and I'm not sure if I'm politically incorrect with the names that I'm using. So for that, I, I, I will apologize for whatever those groups label themselves. And so what I want to do this morning is our God is a God of time. And there's three distinct dispensations of laws that we can read in the Bible. There, there are the patriarchal law. And that's, that's from the beginning of time up into the law of Moses. Then there's the law of Moses, and then there's Christianity. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you what the Bible has to say on the subject, subject of homosexuality. And the reason I want to do that is I want to bring into remembrance to you that we serve a God. And what society does around us, we must serve our God. And we must serve His commandments. And we must not take these commandments out of context. Now, first, I want you to turn to Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse 1. Because we as Christians, we're called to a certain way to do things. Now, I will admit to you, if there's a sin that I find detestable to collect, this is the sin. But lying, covetousness, hospitality, those are also sins. But I don't find those as disturbing as this one. Now that's a clay issue. God sees these sins the same. And I want to point that out. And also, so what I want to turn to, to Galatians 6 chapter. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you do not be tempted. I read this passage 
because it calls us to how we're supposed to treat people that are not living according to God's commandments. A spirit of gentleness. I can still come up and tell somebody you're wrong, but it's the way I do it that's important. Sister Susan, you just got to stop that. You know how much I care about you. You know, and, and probably whenever I first go up to Susan, it's probably not the time for me to say you need to stop that. I probably need to say, how's your day going, Susan? I probably need to know that are we in the mode where we can talk to each other? Because if she just lost her house to bankruptcy and she just lost her son, and she just lost everything she owned, it's probably not a good day for me to be piling on. So I probably first want to find out, is this the right time? And then how I approach it. And I don't have to, I don't have to beat you over the head the first moment I meet you. Now I think we do have to condemn sin and if somebody pushes it on me, I will, I will say, I don't believe that. And I'd love to sit down and talk with you about that at, a, at appropriate time. And I do that a lot. So I use this passage because sometimes we Christians can be sinning whenever we have a good thing that we're trying to do is take somebody out of sin. Me standing up and just taking a hammer and beating somebody and this is one, of, and I, I point that out to you, because this is one of those sins. I got news for you. I, sometime this month, I think, Disney World is going to celebrate this. Pensacola Beach, Florida is having a weekend of this. Now, I'm not going to dare show up in any of those places at any one of those times. The point is because I'm just not going to react well with that. Now, I have friends, and notice I said friends I, or acquaintances, that are, and I've talked to them about it. In our society today, if you don't know somebody, I'm probably going to question, you know, how much you're getting out. But there's people in our society today that believe this. Now, what I'm kind of, the reason this lesson gets briefed, because we're celebrating it as a society now. It used to be you kept this in the closet. We were ashamed of it. We're no longer ashamed of sin, and this is sin. So I'm going to prove that to you this morning. I'm going to prove to you that our God has not changed his stance on this sin. Okay, that's what I'm going to prove to you today. And I'm going to encourage you to gird yourself up because our society does not see this as sin anymore. Our young people are indoctrinated in every step they go. Guys, I am inclusive in my life. I know people sin. I live with sinners every day. But I can't 
accept sin. I can love the sinner, but I can't love the sin. And I cannot celebrate that sin. I'm going to show that to you. So as we go through this, just I, I preface all of this is we don't go out and beat people because just because we we uh, so we had a Christian uh, couple at our house down on the coast uh, last weekend and, and I they have a two-year-old, three-year-old little girl and the young lady, the little girl, we were playing a game and, and, she, and she lied. And it was obvious that but that's what you expect out of a three-year-old. They haven't learned. Well, the mother was teaching and disciplined the child and redirected the child and tried to teach the child just like she should be teaching the child. Now, if this child was here, I would never say this because she'd know how to. But it made, it made me laugh because that's just how our kids did. People sin. People, we all sin and fall short, but we have to correct those things, <coughs> even this sin. All right, so enough preface there. The first time we hear about homosexuality is back in Genesis 18. Verse 20. Now, people today in society will tell you that this is not talking about homosexuality. Homosexuality is not included in this. I disagree with that. And I'm not going to sit here today and try to prove you, prove to you uh, all the minor details. But you can prove this pretty easy and pretty quickly. But Genesis 18.20, this is in the patriarchal. The Lord said the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly great. Okay, so Sodom and Gomorrah, sin is exceedingly great. Now, flip to Genesis 19. And so two angels are coming to Sodom. And, and they are coming in. Lot is living there. And he, in verse 4, it says, Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young, old, and all the people from every quarter. So people came from all over the city, young and old, and they called out to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to... Uh, um, Say yes and later this afternoon, please. I apologize. Sometimes work interferes. Um, so here you have all the men coming from all over. In verse 5, and they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may have relations with them. Now, these relations with them, they're not talking about, let's go get a pint of beer. So, they're talking about, and the words here used in the Hebrew is talking about sexual relations. To get to know this person. That's what this is talking about. Now, if you have any questions about that, 
Let's go to the New Testament and see how the New Testament authors define this. In verse 6 of 2 Peter 2, Okay. Verse 6. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter. And if he rescued lot, righteous Lot, oppressed by the sexual, sensual conduct of unprincipled men. Notice he's defined the conduct of Sodom and Gomorrah as sensual conduct. Well, that matches what we all read back in uh, Genesis. Um, so, that tells us there. Jude, the first chapter. Go over to Jude, the first chapter. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh, after exhibiting an example and undergoing the punishment of the eternal fire. Gross immoralities. Now what you will hear today, people will explain Genesis 19. They will explain that was a sin of hospitality. Now I can go to the to the prophets and show you where some hospitality was was talked about, but I can't go and find you where something like this was destroyed. I think it's very obvious that this is the sin of homosexuality. I think a group of men coming, if these hadn't been angels, they would have been able to take them, which they were struck with blindness. And the next day, or at least the way, is Lot and his wife and his two daughters are let out of the city, and the cities are destroyed. And so that, that is what has occurred there. Now, so that's, that's the patriarchal age. That's how God saw homosexuality. That's what was recorded. Now let's go to the mosaical age. In Leviticus 18, now it's very... Blatant here, I mean, I say blatant, it's very, um, Leviticus 18, verse 22. You shall, Leviticus 18, 22. You shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is, it is an abomination. Now, I don't know how you get much clearer than that. That's pretty clear to me. Now what's interesting to me is if you go down through this, the next verse, it says, And you shall not have intercourse with any animal to be defiled, nor shall a woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is a perversion. And so there's nothing new under the sun. Even our society would look at verse 23 as pretty gross. Um, now, in the Old Testament, 
if you were caught in this act, you were stoned. It would just be like a son or a daughter disobeying parents. The parents were supposed to take that son and daughter in front of the congregation, they'd be stoned. Well, I'm glad I'm not under the old law, personally, because I've disobeyed my mom and dad before. And I'd hate to know that they took me in front of the congregation and got stoned. So we are under a different dispensation and a different law. But the whole point is, God condemned it at Sodom and Gomorrah. He's now condemning it under Mosaic. That's the point I'm trying to make. Leviticus 20.13 is repeated here. So this is after uh, Leviticus 19. If there is a man, Leviticus 20, verse 13, if there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put to death and their blood guiltness is upon them. This is the old law. If one of you brought me somebody and said, we need to stone these people, I would say, no, we are not under the old law. That is not how you treat sinners. Now we can do other things by disfellowshipping and putting people away, but we never lift a hand against those people. So that is what he's talking about here in Leviticus. So it's very clear under the Old Testament that that was a detestable sin. That was put there. Now, let's go to the New Testament. What does is, what is New Testament teaching say? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. We're going to read that. All of that. So 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Now this was a passage that was in our news five years ago. I don't know. It was the uh, it was that family out there in Louisiana, the Robertsons, that, that uh, uh, they kind of live the same culture we live. For us Southerners, we, we go out and shoot alligators and, and uh, trap things and kill things. And that's our lifestyle. And that's their lifestyle. So most of us Southerners, we... We celebrated that show because it was, hey, somebody's like us. Um, and so their, the, the patriarch father in that family actually on, on national news said he used this passage here. And uh, the media just jumped all over him, and he didn't back off. He said, well, you can do what you want to, but that's what the Bible says. And guys, if you don't believe the Bible, you can't prove this to people. This is God's law for us. This is God's law. Now, I can prove to you over a lifetime I'm going to be happy as a person following God's law. But if somebody's not going to, if they're going to say, God, God, they don't believe in the Bible, then so be it. I can't help that person. But here, or do you not know that the unrighteous, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators. Idolaters. Now fornicators. Fornicators typically only means sexual relationships between an unmarried couple. That's what that means. Idolaters. People that worship idols. Adulterers. People that are married that goes outside of the marriage relationship 
and commit sexual sin. That's what it is. Nor affectionates. This is people that that are acting. Uh, I was trying to think of a slang term. I should have came up with one, but anyway, we 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 see these people as uh, acting feminine or acting outside of their um, sex. It would be uh, me cross-dressing. It's a transvestite. Nor homosexuals. So notice he, he lists these sexual sins here in chapter 9. And it's against us too. Now we can go back to where those sins, where he talks about those sins on Sermon on the Mount. He, does, he talks about fornicators and adulterers. And even if I lust after a woman in my mind, I've sinned. So I don't even have to get to the act before I sin. Alright, so verse 10, nor thieves, nor covetous. We all agree that thieves are bad. We don't want anybody stealing from us, right? So why do we have trouble with verse 9? And most of us don't have any trouble with verse 9 whenever we're talking about fornicators. Now society doesn't even see fornication as a sin anymore. It is common practice today for us to live together before marriage. So thieves, covetousness. Now covetousness, we can give a little forgiveness for that. Everybody's wanting, you know, that's the American dream. But you've got to be careful with that one. Nor drunkards, nor swindlers, revilers will inherit the kingdom of God. Sin separates us from God. Now here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing. Verse 11. I love verse 11. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. That's why I'm telling you, you've got to go back to Galatians 6 chapter. We need to be handling all these people with gentleness, with love. We want them to turn away from their sins. We can't, we can't accept them in their sin, but we want to teach them and grow them out of their sin because we were all there. I just told you, I've disobeyed my parents. I've sinned. I will sin sometime in the future. And I want God to forgive me. I want you to forgive me. But we are all in this together. So that's one example. So notice that's in a list of sins. And every one of those sins, nobody, so there's probably drunkards. I, I would probably say today we have people in our society today that argue that one, and they will argue homosexuality. But nobody will argue the rest of it. They, they, they'll argue fornication. They'll argue fornication. But everybody knows it's wrong for someone to step out of their marriage. <clears throat> I mean, if, if marriage was easy, we'd all. There wasn't temptations. So anyway, turn to Romans, the first chapter. This is the one that really nails our society today. Romans, the first chapter. Remember, this is being written 2,000 years ago. And I want you to think about this. So this is... This is biblical language, and I'm going to put some of this in modern day language. Verse 25, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. 
and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Now I'm going to, how many people do you know that they spend their entire life working on the gopher tortoise and trying to save the gopher tortoise? And they're trying to save every species of creature out there. Now I'm not going to tell you, we need, we need to be conscious of where we live. We are put here to be good stewards. And we haven't always been good stewards of our, of our society. I'm not going to argue that we shouldn't be doing that. But there's people in our society that that's their focus, is worshiping the creature. That's their whole focus in life. For this reason, God gave them over degrading passions. For their women exchanged natural function for that for which is unnatural. And in the same way, also men abandoned the natural, natural function of woman and burn their desire towards one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. So I point out how people have gone from worshiping the creator to worship, worshiping the creature. And the reason I point that out, that's our society today. If I believe God created this earth and he created it for man, now, he told me to be a good steward. And sometimes with our society today, we can create things that it takes us 30 years to figure out it's not a good stewardship. You know, we're not doing the right thing. I will admit that. Don't, we, we get smarter as we go along this journey. I mean, we all know we don't go change the oil in our car and go out there and dump it on our garden. Because we know next year the soil's not going to yield anything because it's got oil in it, Right? Well, we, we know that we can now take that oil and we can heat our house for the winter. Well, that's that oil goes up the stack, that CO2 goes up the stack, that CO2 goes back into this tree out here. The tree converts it back into wood, and I get to enjoy making pulp out of it or boards. So the point is, we, we understand some of this bigger cycle of things that's going on. Verse 28, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, notice these people are not acknowledging God, and that's what we see today. We have a part of our society that doesn't even acknowledge that there's a God anymore. God gave them over to depraved mind to do those things, which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips. Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient parents. You start reading this, does this match our society today? Are we going down this path in our society? I believe we are. So this, that's just place being a problem. Without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. Here's what you hear. Clay's going to prophesy something here today. This gay pride movement will come to a point where they will come and be unmerciful and try to destroy us. 
because they have somebody standing against them. Read this passage because that's what people do whenever they don't want to be condemned in their sins. And I say that because there's different websites I go to 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 do some studies and everything and I noticed if you've ever went to uh, Mark Copeland's website who's got thousands of lessons on there these lessons on homosexuality they were very different and he goes through he preaches the truth but he did it in a way that somebody didn't even know the Bible could, could follow it was not an outline for, he has a lot of lessons on there for somebody like me who generally knows the Bible understands a lot of things and you can do the lesson in these lessons I noticed how he did it differently and he, he went through a lot of different gyrations because he understands what's going to happen. Because this passage here, this is how people act. Uh, so go to 1 Timothy 1. Uh, and, I, and this is just, I'm, we're getting late on the hour, and I apologize. Uh, 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 11. This is, this is Paul writing Timothy. But we know that the law is good, and if if one uses it lawfully. Realize the fact that the law is not made for righteous persons, but for those who are lawless and rebellious. For the ungodly and the sinners, and for the unholy profane and those who kill their fathers and mothers, and for murderers, and more men, and in homosexuals, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of God. Notice the word homosexuality is used there. Now, uh, real quick, let me go. Let me go this route first. Turn to Proverbs six, verse sixteen. So I, 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 what I just went through is I showed you in the patriarchal time, in the mosaical time. So from from the beginning of time, which I believe is is uh, four thousand BC, plus or minus a month or two. That was a joke. Plus or minus a year or so. To, to 1500, that's the patriarchal time. God condemned. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah during that time. We come up to the Mosaical period from 1500 to Jesus till about 33 AD. He condemned homosexuality. And then the New Testament from 33 AD to us still is condemning homosexuality. God hasn't changed. We talked this morning in Bible study, God changed the way we worship Him. We worship Him on the first day of the week, but we're still worshiping Him. He changed the way we do worship Him. If we didn't change from the Mosaic Law, we'd be having animal sacrifices and worshiping Him. He didn't tell us to do that. He changed the way we worship Him. But the sins from the patriarchal period to the Mosaical period the New Testament are the same. So let me give you a hint here. Go to Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to Him. A proud look. That's, I think that's the New King James Version. I believe that's the New King James Version. Haughty eyes is what uh, New American Standard. I like the proud look. Do you see the homosexual community 
in where they are now versus where they were 40 years ago. And guys, this is this, you can take it out of out of con. You can take it out of homosexual community. I can show it to you in other. I can show it to you in fornicators. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife. My point for reading this passage to you: those those are sins that God just hates. But whenever people get so proud of their sin that they're telling God, I know more than you, God hates that. It's an abomination to him. I think you see one of those sins in our society today that we're doing. We're doing that. Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to the God for he will abundantly pardon. I read this passage as it doesn't matter what kind of sin you have. God, if and notice if he returns to the Lord. I can't come to the Lord with Clay's idea of righteousness. I've got to come to the Lord with His idea of righteousness. That's what I've got to come with. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Notice that. My thoughts are not your thoughts. What I think is good is not what God thinks is good. And I can tell you, over time, if we live that Christian life, we will find more happiness. For as if the heavens are higher than the earth, so are the ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God knows best for us. He's told us this is a sin. He wants us to stay away from sin because it destroys us. Not only will it destroy us spiritually, it's going to destroy us physically. I remember in the 70s when AIDS came about and how... And go back and look at articles. I'm sure you can find some of how the newscasters. I was a news junkie, guys. I was probably six years old, sitting there watching CBS News, because that was that was the most fun I could have. Probably tell you how much how exciting my life was. But anyway, I remember them talking about how this is going to spread through the heterosexual community, and just and and heterosexuals are getting it, but that's because of their sin. But my point is, you still see this as a, the, the AIDS virus is still associated with homosexuality. And so you, you can kind of see how certain things, I can't tell you if that's from God, I don't know that. But it sure is interesting. What are we supposed to be? What is the right way? We all have sexual desires, okay? We all have those desires. How are we supposed to handle them? God set that up in Genesis 2, verses 24 through 25. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and his mother, father and mother, and he be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So um, I think this, this illustrates that's what God meant. It was supposed to be a man and a woman married. 
And we go, Christ reiterates this in Matthew 19. We're going to study this on Wednesday night. He answered and said, Have you not read that he created? He's, he's quoting what we just read. For this reason, man shall leave his father and mother, be joined his wife, two shall become one. And they are no longer two, but one flesh. That therefore God is joined together, let no man separate. This is the lesson. I hope it's been a, a, a lesson to remind you of what we're called to. Because our society is calling us and telling us something different. Please go back to the standard. The standard is the Bible. We are no longer under the patriarchal law. We're no longer under the mosaical law. We studied this morning in Galatians. But notice how our God is constant over time. He has not changed what destroys man. Internally and externally. And whenever I say internally, I mean spiritually. Externally is still one of those sins that is, that is not good. If there's anyone here that needs to obey the gospel, we always have a song of encouragement at the end. If there's anyone that has fallen, we are here to restore each other with gentleness and love. And it gets frustrating. The devil's working on each one of us. He wants us to show anger towards people that are sin. Let's not. Let's have patience. And let's be long-suffering, but we do have to call sin, sin. And that's what we did here this morning. We called sin, sin. So if there's anyone here that needs to come forward, please come as we stand and sing.